This is Proxilla Radio, the UK's first dedicated progressive rock music radio network. You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, I'm Mike. I'm Tom. And we are Tabletop Genesis. It's great to be back. Tom, how yes. are you doing today? Great. Happy New Year. So far, so good. It's It feels like it's been a long time, but we're still here. We're still living. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're getting through things. We have to start off with not necessarily an apology, but maybe just an explanation. We've, we always have the best of intentions of doing more of these episodes, and our last episode we recorded in the summer of 2022 with Adam Tromolo when we did Security or Peter Gabriel 4, whichever you want to call it. And then life happens, right, Tom? Yeah, unexpectedly, there were moves yes. on both of our parts, actually two on your side, one on my side, but it was a lot and it was very stressful. They're going to have to carry me out of here. I'm not never moving again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's good to be stable somewhere. And I feel like I'm yes. going to be in this place for a while too. One thing that, you know, I'll not going to go into the detail of it, but you know, we had, we had to get my mom moved into assisted living and I'm her power of attorney and healthcare proxy and all that stuff. And it just kind of took over the latter half of the year and everything. And as much as we wanted to podcast, it was something that, um, that just took a back seat and everything until we actually got together with some old friends and recorded a podcast about Three Sides Live. And at the end of the podcast recording, I mentioned this on Twitter, the podcast disappeared. And so we would have had an episode ready to go back in November, early December. And then we were very sad. And so that did not happen. Yeah, see, the only people that can hear it are the aliens very far away when this when the sound waves are still traveling out throughout space they're the only ones who are able to listen to this episode unfortunately exactly yeah so maybe someday those <laughs> files will show up on my recorder again but you know i i don't have a lot of hope for that but anyway it was a good episode we're going to re-record that at some point in the future and everything and yes. and i mentioned power of attorney and healthcare proxy if you are of an age where your parents are still alive and around and if they haven't done healthcare proxy or power of attorney forms, I cannot recommend highly enough that you should badger your parents until they're able to, until they do them, because it made as difficult as the end part of the year was with managing this kind of change process, it would have been a thousand times harder if those documents hadn't been in place. And so you don't come to podcast, you don't come to Tabletop Genesis for life advice of managing your parents' affairs. But let me tell you this. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast, besides that, the new Peter Gabriel song is pretty cool. <laughs> Don't uh, make sure your parents are doing that stuff. So that's my advice for you. The more you know. But we are here because actually, and I want to give credit where credit is due, a podcast listener the other day actually mentioned uh, Philip, Philip James 16 on Twitter with the release of Panopticom, the new Peter Gabriel song, suggested that this might deserve its own episode. 
And amazingly enough, I had not thought about that before. And so I texted Tom and said, hey, this might be a good idea to do a Twitch and Dirty episode. And I was at the time howling at the full moon, realizing <laughs> that something is coming. I don't know what it is, but there was a full moon and I got this fever and I just knew something was coming. And when Mike texted me, I'm like, oh, that's right. It is that time of month. That's right. You know, <laughs> it's time for coming a... in the air tonight. Or is that I did. Long solo career. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so we we have no Wikipedia to read about this. We we're not going to treat this as um, as something like that. But let's hear a little bit of Panopticon before we jump into talking about it. What are your initial thoughts on this track? It's it's my favorite song about panopticoms <laughs> that I've ever heard. It's uh, no, it's it's. I mean, that's going to be a whole another topic: the title itself and what it means. Right. But in it, in of itself, hammer. It's not <laughs> <laughs> Biko. It is not. It is not a simple. It is a title that needs explanation. If you haven't seen it, there is. I think he's releasing Peter, Pete. I call him Pete. We're friends. Yeah, first name. Uh, he's releasing a video, I believe, with every full moon release. Uh, and he did about an eight minute video about the album, the upcoming tour, but mostly about Panopticom and how it came about, what it means. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube. You can get it through his website, I'm sure. 
It's good That's, cliff notes for the song. So yes, it is good, good cliff notes. I I immediately liked it from the start. I think what grabbed me was the acoustic guitar. Yes. I think because I wasn't expecting that. Usually it's more, it's very synth heavy and I'm not that it wasn't, but like that nice acoustic guitar feeling came in and it was very soothing at the start. And I knew it wouldn't stay that way because he likes to switch things up and all of a sudden he gets into a darker kind of heavier sound. Um, but I, I, I liked it. The, the first several bits that I heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I also did. I listened to it for the first time yesterday, which was a Friday and I was, you know, again, knowing my domestic routine, I was doing laundry in the middle of this. And so I paused <laughs> the song on the first listen to go and change the washer into the dryer or something. And the chorus was already kind of running through my head, which I figured was a good sign. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, too. I think that it definitely as soon as it started, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Peter Gabriel song. Like it just oh, had yes. that yeah. that feel to it that is so, you know it goes through his modern music, modern music again, you know, in the last, you know, 20 years since, since up, up, up came out. It just has that. It's, it's an obvious successor to that album. And also from the different soundtrack stuff or different random songs that have come out in the last two decades outside of a full album release, it's of that family. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, a good song, even if I hadn't kind of gotten the little cliff notes primer primer on the meaning of the song, I would have thought like, oh, it's just a cool made up word. I wouldn't have worried about it too much. Right. Uh, Panopticon. I was worried that it might turn into my, you know, Samalsis, you know, <laughs> announcing this in a certain way. But um, and the funny thing was, you know, just again, knowing my routine, I was I've been working from home for the past two years for some reason. Don't want to go into all those details, but I was working from home and I was G chatting with one of my colleagues at work and we just brought it up. You know, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, oh, recording a podcast about the new Peter Gabriel song. He's like, oh, what is it? Because he's a vaguely, you know, mm -hmm. Peter Gabrielish mm -hmm. fan. And I said, oh, and he, and he said, oh, is it Panopticom? And he actually knew, he's like, he's like, oh, an odd subject for a song. And he was <laughs> confusing it with the Jeremy Bentham Panopticon that Gabriel brings up in the Full Moon Club video. And I was just like, that's, <laughs> and I thought afterwards when, when, when I realized that it was actually two different things from watching the Peter Gabriel video, I'm like, oh, my friend who's a lawyer might be one of the few people who might be confused by this song that he's, that Gabriel is writing about something else, some basic, you know, big global computer that can store everything in it. So it sounds, yeah, it looks like Gabriel definitely got the kind of the, the general feel and theme from a Panopticon, yeah. which, you know, Jeremy Bentham yeah. said it was, Yep. he, uh, it was basically a theory where there's a, a prison around prison, the guard towers in the middle, but the prisoners can't see the guards. So they don't know if he's watching them or not. So the theory is that they'll behave because they don't know if they're being watched or not. And I think Gabriel was taking that a little bit further and kind of turning it around where Panopticom, the com was more for like communication. So that's the part of it. And Panopticom would be a world where we using maybe phones, yeah, video, uh, internet devices, video, are able to look at the powers that be and keep right. them in check. Who's and watching the watchers type of idea. Exactly. And so it kind of turns it around to 
I guess a more positive thing where we can make sure powers don't get out of check. And I know that's always been a big, huge uh, theme of Peter's work and his his video projects and and that Witness kind of thing and so, all that. Witness, yeah, yeah. The funny thing too that watching the the video link, which Tom very helpfully sent out to me earlier today, there's actually an old science fiction book. There's an author named Gordon Dixon who wrote a series of. Uh, but one of the books was called The Final Encyclopedia, which was this idea of building something that kind of like a repository for all human knowledge. And that's kind of what in the video, when Gabriel was talking about it, it kind of, you know, reminded me of that novel because it sounded like a similar idea of kind of a repository for, you know, information from all around the world and everything. So, and I'm sure that's not what Gabriel was thinking about, or he's probably not even aware of this book. But because being the science fiction nerd that I am, I was like, oh, it's kind of like the final encyclopedia. So yeah, he was anyway. actually he was referencing something like that, but he was going so far as to say, like, even a physical repository. Yeah. Like right. a, a big um yeah. and I'm like, All which right. is which is what the book in the book, that's what it was. It was actually a satellite of of things. So I was like, that's what really clicked for me, where I was like, oh, this is kind of like this. So again, and you know, for any any science fiction nerds of 1960s to 80s kind of second tier <laughs> science fiction writers um who i really liked but he definitely was not an asimov or a clark or a heinlein or somebody you know again tom i'm sure that you know all these names so the, i know um, the names not yes. the words <laughs> exactly so i'm just rattling well, this stuff off so well when it goes into i t- you know those that great moody acoustic guitar and reading the credits it's katie may on acoustic guitar okay and it looks like she has some some work. I apologize. I don't not really familiar with her work. The haunting synths are by Brian Eno, so it's nice to have him back uh, in the mix. Yeah, is is a quote unquote anosification of this track. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I thought at least the version I downloaded that I paid my dollar thirty something from Amazon from it says this is the bright side mix, which bright I don't know. Mix, yes. Which I don't know if that means that the album mix will be different or if that's just some sort of subtitle that's in there. I mean, Gabriel's known for remixes and stuff, so I wonder. Perhaps, if this will be perhaps this is same. like I mean, it's just over five minutes, so I don't want to say it's a short song, but it's. A very simple song it kind of takes it's a verse the chorus then kind of like a it's almost like a pre-chorus but the pre-chorus comes after the chorus yeah there's kind of an instrumental break without like a solo part but it's a nice kind of little interlude before it kicks in again and then it repeats the same structure and then it goes out so not that it's not a complex song but perhaps this mix is more geared towards like the single and maybe i'm just you know hypothesizing maybe the version on the album is another minute or two longer i don't know yeah you never know it could be that kind of classic radio edit of of something so and maybe there's a maybe there's a dark side mix and you hear (laughs) exactly yes (laughs) see you're bringing in that science fiction we'll get this we'll get star wars and peter gabriel in the same place at the same time so but overall i thought this was a really cool track and so you know and i think i haven't dove deep into online reactions so far but i think that what i've seen so far has been pretty positive to it um i think there's just the happiness that there's gabriel music coming out that he's still putting things out at you know in 2023 that there's new music from him finally i think it's it's definitely a breath of you know it's it's a it's a positive boost injection into all of us after the last couple years and you know this year starting out 
those who aren't big sports fans, but you know, there was a two days into the new year, a guy gets cardiac goes into cardiac arrest on the football field and is carted off an ambulance. And that kind of put the whole started off the new year. And then there were, of course, I think there were a couple notable deaths and you're like, we're not going through this again in 2023, are we? So this coming out the first week of the new year was just like, we've been waiting 21 years for this. (laughs) And it just felt good. And just like, the very beginning, the very few bars, the few first minute or two are very positive and upbeat. I felt. Yeah, yeah, and I and mean, it gets a little darker that, in places, but yeah. but it's a it's a it's it, it it feels good at the start. Yeah, and that's Peter Gabriel for you. Is that you know if it didn't go dark in some ways, I'd be a little bit surprised. I made the joke before that you know sledgehammer, it's not, but I I bet there'll be more, not not deep and depressing lyrics on this album too, because Peter always does a good mix of different things. And, you know, I, I'm not looking for sledgehammer part two, but I do hope that there's a couple really up type of songs on here, not up the album, but kind of up in feel because I think Gabriel is so good at doing those type of songs also. And they are all different from each other, you know, sledgehammer versus kiss of life versus, you know, steam versus whatever. They're all, you know, people joke about Steam being kind of a, a copy of Sledgehammer, but it's really not. You know, it's, it's they're very different with that Kiss That Frog. You know, there's there's a lot of happy, different type of songs in his catalog. I hope that the next song for February in the full moon is different in tone than this one. You know, yeah, not because I don't got, want... Not, to not because I don't like be... the song. I really do like the song. I just want it to be different, so... You you want assurance that there's going to be some variety? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and there's, I mean, he's, it doesn't have to be a, even like a poppy song. No, even even something just beautiful along the lines of like washing of the water, something like that. Like that I, that you know he can do. He can get kind of those slow groove, gospely piano kind of plaintive kind of songs. You know, just because you're old age doesn't mean you have to, you can't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what's nice about this track is that it does have some energy behind it. it yeah. He's still got it. He's still yeah. got it. Yeah. And, and I also wonder if some of these tracks, like, do we have a release date for the album yet? Do you know? I haven't seen one. Yeah. I know th- this the- year, and I assume before the tour. Right. Because I wonder if kind of the songs that he put puts out, will be the ones that he plans at least at this point in actually playing live, you know, because there's, you, you do want people to be familiar with your new material when you're putting it out there and everything. Uh, you don't want to assume that it's the bathroom break for everybody. And you don't want to play a song and get to the chorus and have everyone saying, what is he saying? Right. Exactly. What is he singing? We're saying Panopticon <laughs> instead of Panopticom. He's like, get it right, people. You know, I, that, gave, you, I gave you six months to learn this song. <laughs> I, I've I've wondered how the crowd is going to be during that because obviously it's a it's a sing along it's a very catchy cool. chorus as yeah. you said and 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 that word is panopticon da 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 it's easy to say and it's easy to sing but it's just going to be weird to hear eighteen thousand people shouting this word that you would never imagine they would be shouting. Well, Tom, whenever <laughs> assuming that he plays Madison Square Garden or somewhere like that, we'll have to be the ones leading the chant. For yes, that, for that track, you know, for that chorus stuff, we'll be standing on our seats, fists in the air, Panopticon, Pom, Pom, not I'll be, not Pom. I'll be shouting for that song even after he's played it. That's exactly. how strong yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> exactly. When so, they before the chorus, uh, when it starts off, I got a very feel like 
darkness yeah from up where it's like very heavy intro at the start and then it gets very quiet and he's kind of like whisper singing yeah uh, that's kind of what that's i feel i got and i'm kind of glad it maybe needed to go right into the chorus to kind of bring you out of that quiet part yeah it's definitely you know there were there were echoes of you know prior feel of things like even in a weird way and i can't kind of put it to any moment in the song but a little bit of it was like oh it feels a little games without frontiersy to me but again not in any obvious way it, it's more just that oh it kind of had that feel to it which i'm being very vague about i wish i could be you know more <laughs> more you know pieces with it or maybe a little san san jacinto you know in mm-hmm. you know production of it and kind of having that peter gabriel sheen on it that's the thing the sound of it just like i don't think in the hands of any other artist would it sound like this it might have, right. it might have a completely different sound but this the way he sets the mood and, and has that going throughout is as i said it's it's typical peter gabriel which is nice to have yeah so that's the track i think that you know we've we wanted to give a little taste of that and everything or kind of appreciate the taste that gabriel gave of his upcoming album anything else on the track that you want to mention tom i did you did you find those lyrics online you sent me the lyrics before um yeah, at a, at a random site. It's a lyric site, but uh, our friends over at Genesis-News.com, you know them, right? Of Don't course, you? yes. Yep, we are yes. we are friendly. Hello, Christian and the crew over there. So uh, they have a, a very nice uh, layout uh, post about this single. It lists lists the artists. Again, for those who don't know, it's it's like getting the band back together. David Rhodes, Tony Levin, Matt Okachi. Yep. Peter Gabriel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, even he's in it. Uh, so it's just yeah, real nice. And, and I think the other part was kind of you have those whispered lyrics, you have the chorus, and then you have that rundown verse. Whereas when we pour the medicine down while we watch the world around us, I like the flow of that. I thought that flowed very nicely. That yeah. kind of like listing of what's going on, what's happening, what your role in this is, what our role is in with the information and, and sharing with the globe. It was interesting that the second, when they, when they repeat this for the second time, when he goes a little bit into the, the uh, whispering from above and deep below the ground, it was in Berlin that all the evidence was found. Look yeah. from the street and we look down from the skies through the barriers. We can see through all those lies. Yeah, I wonder if if he's referring some, to something specific there, which I kind of feel that he has to be. But it's the great thing about Gabriel's lyrics and these type of things is that you don't really need to know the details. He's not, in this case, he's not telling a narrative story about something. He's also not really preaching at you about these things. Like no. Gabriel has certain beliefs that I think I could safely say that you and I are pretty much in alignment with. So we're kind of, you know, the the audience that would agree with him. But I always appreciate, even with artists and art that you know, politically, I, I'm very in sympathy with that. I'm not being preached at about things, but I think that, you know, there's the old Mark Twain saying that like, you know, art should covertly preach and covertly teach versus overtly preaching and teaching, because that's how you really get, get into people's heads and everything. And I think Gabriel is very good at that about covertly saying what he believes in, but he's also overt about it when needed. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> My, my 
interpretation of that, and obviously it's up to individuals' interpretation. This is not the gospel, and this could be completely different from what Peter was thinking. But when he was when he specifically says Berlin, I don't know, just harkening back to the Cold War and the wall going up and just not knowing what was going on, and you only find out later. Whereas we're in a situation now where we can find out things immediately. We can know how bad things are in places. We, now we can look down from the skies, satellites, internet, video all around us. Uh, we can see through barriers that normally drones now. We can see what's going on on the other side of the wall and, and give us more information and be able to, as a society, help those who we might not have been able to help before. You might even say that they are watchers of the skies. <laughs> oh, now let's slow down a little bit here. Uh, now, now people are wishing we were still on a break. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, with the Berlin thing, I even thought about you know it being a little further back to like World War II and everything. Right. About, you know, evidence of, trying- of Nazi crimes and things like that yes. from that time. So, you know, but it's. I mean, again, that's the great thing about music and lyrics is that you can kind of put your own interpretation and stamp on things. The artist certainly has their own, you know, meaning behind what they're writing, but then, you know, listeners are, you know, take their own experiences and their own knowledge about things and bring it into that. So, so yeah, so I I could see, I'd be curious to know what Gabriel was actually referring to there, but it's also, I I, I never want to say it's irrelevant, but it's more just out of curiosity than out of needing to know that. It's going to be very interesting to see in when he tours. Obviously, the the, the European tour is starting in June. Yeah, and U.S. dates haven't been announced yet. But the fall, we're uh, anticipating. Yes, <laughs> at least a New York date. So we'll we'll be there. Of but course. what the uh, the visuals will be like on this tour? I mean, he's always been one to ever since I think really started with, I mean, a, well, since the beginning when he walked on stage, you know, with the drums, but all through the different secret world tour, the us, the, the up tour, like all the different kinds of visuals and what he's going to do for this song. Uh, it should be pretty interesting. What jumpsuits will he make the band? <laughs> so that's a... Is he going to do it like a, a pink flying on the trapeze and, mm, and go swinging yeah. across on wires? Right. Well, and that's, I think, you know, the recent Genesis tour also kind of shows, you know, what modern concert design can be like in a very tasteful way where, you know, you get a lot of the lights, you get the video screens and everything, but it's very much part of the show. It's not like, it's not taking everything over. It's a compliment to the music that's out there. And so, you know, I think that, and we know that Gabriel was, did at least see one show of that tour. So yes. it gives him ideas and, you know, they probably work with a lot of the same design people about these, these things. So, you know, it's, it's something I'm looking forward to seeing about. I'm sure plans are afoot for us tour dates, hopefully again later in in this year and everything. Again, I would, I would assume the fall, but you know, which means that I would think that we Americans would be hearing about, you know, tour dates within the next month or two, I would think. Yeah, I'd say so. Be too long away from now. So, uh, but yeah, we will at least be, you and I will at least be in New York City and everything. So we'll let, you know, people know if we'll be doing any meetups before beforehand for these shows. But yeah, I think we're we're both, this is a great teaser for the album, I think is that our verdict. The Tabletop Genesis verdict is two thumbs up, I think. From two, two thumbs up and... Uh... 
we'll probably be doing another episode when the next full moon hits because yeah. he's going to be releasing these each full moon. I yeah. assume probably at least three or four. Yeah. And then he'll have the album out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I think that'll be a lot of fun and everything. And it gives us kind of something to structure this, this first half of the year around. And we'll be fitting in other things too. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yes, we are. We, uh, we do have at least one thing on the books, not, not quite on the books yet, but we're going to be, you know, we're in discussions to record our very next episode, our next dive into an album. We're going to, we lost the Three Sides Live episode, as we mentioned. So we are going to re-record that at some point pretty soon, but we're still in the planning stages for that. But it looks like our next episode will probably be Hello, I Must Be Going, which we're going to get that going on. And then some of the ideas for later this year. Tom, do you want to talk about some of the possible albums we'll cover or I could dive into that? It was kind of like a, a lot of the tours from major artists that were anniversary tours, but then were postponed from COVID. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> it kind of like we had a list last year of in the beginning of 2022 of good albums, you know, top albums of the catalog that were having anniversaries that year, whether it was 30 years, 35, yeah. 40, 45 that we plan to cover throughout the year. And then obviously we explained what happened with the fall, mm -hmm, right? but like, hello, I must be going. That's one that came out in 82, had an anniversary last year. Yes. Leave Ge Geese and the Ghost is another one that one, not only had an anniversary, I think it was 78. Yes. Or was it 77? Maybe it wasn't an anniversary. It was 77 that that came out recorded in 75 came out in 77. So. All right. So that was 45 years last year. Yes. So, uh, and plus that's, uh, we hadn't done, I think we've done a, a debut album from all the artists except for Anthony Phillips. We did. Right. We've done Wise After the Event, which Wise is after the event. album. But we've but done. But Geese and the Ghost we'd like to do. Right. Because we've done Voyage. We've done Peter Gabriel one. We've done Face Value, A Curious Feeling, Small Creeps Day. We haven't done any Ray Wilson album yet. So, but eh, you know, someday we will. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, Three Sides Live that had an anniversary last year, but we are explaining we will be doing that. Uh, <laughs> right, and the, we'll, we'll have the our anniversary that, episode of of, it, of our recording, of recording at some it. point. So, acting very strange also celebrated forty years last year. Yeah, so and we really needed to give that one another year to percolate. <laughs> talking about that one, so and that's another one where, other than Maxine, I have not heard any other song. So wow, I'm going, okay. and I've. I got that on vinyl. I found it at some <laughs> garage sale. Tom, so wait, gonna... I, I do have to say, Tom bought a turntable and has been very good at scouring yard sales and flea markets and finding odd gems out there. Yeah, I found The Fugitive and Acting Very Strange at the same sale. Wow. Okay. Was like... <laughs> somebody, was, somebody was a deep Genesis collector at that point. Yeah. So, Did the person who you bought it from, was it their album or did they just have these? It looked like they had worked for some kind of record oh, okay. label or record company at some point. They might have been uh, promos or something. So yeah, all right, but still, but those they are, play great. So yeah, that's good. Some other things we have possibly in the works. Please don't touch turns forty five this year. Yeah, that'll be a great one to talk about. Oh, and it came out in seventy eight, right? Yes, and and just last month I went to go see Mr. Hackett at. Tarrytown Music Hall on it was he was doing the seconds out tour again on our side of things and so it was kind of a repeat with a little bit different solo material at the front end of it from the show that he did back in 
April of last year with at the Beacon Theater in New York. Uh, but it's always good to see Steve and everything. Yes. So puts on a good show. And uh, Nick Virgilio was the drummer on this tour. Again, two people who had played on Genesis albums were on that stage. So both Steve and Nick, since Nick was uh, mm. on calling all station. Um, and I've... he was a great drummer. I think that... I think I think that uh, Craig Blundell was just not available for this tour, so Nick stepped in and did a great job. Uh, had a lot of good li- power. I would have liked to have seen him play with Steve. I, I didn't see him around this time, but I, I've seen him play with maybe Spock's beard. Okay, and I think maybe he sat in with Frost one time. Okay, I can't remember, but uh, he's a great drummer and just fun to watch on stage. I saw uh, him so at a been... Cirque du Soleil show, actually, as one of the performers. <laughs> so it's always interesting where you see people crop up. So so again, go see Steve when you can. You know, he always puts on a good show. And, you know, I think that the this year's tour is going to be focusing on Foxtrot. So whenever I think he comes around, you know, finally be able to see Timetable Live, I think, is the you know, t-shirt Wonderful. for this tour. Great. <laughs> Try I to contain wait. your excitement there. So. <laughs> well, this is... Because that was the 50th anniversary of it last year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I've said this all along. I still think I, you know, again, we were joking before about, you know, repeating ourselves. But like, I, I have always said that I'm I'm happy when that these album tours exist. But I still wish that artists were not kind of tied into playing everything in the order of the album. Like if they just said, hey, we're going to play everything from Seconds Out or everything from Foxtrot or Selling England or whatever, but mix it up for a live show. You know, it might be a better order live to kind of put certain songs before or after each other. But I know that people people seem to like, you know, hearing an album in order live, you know, so mention, I'm, I'm one uh, of those people. The, yeah, uh, Steve, well, there you go. So, I, I like hearing it. What is it's it? Is it taught, tell me about why you like it. It's because you're here. You're. I think because you're having a shared experience with everyone who has played that album forever. And it's like, you're all putting on the record at the same time and having a huge listening party for this album. And then you just, it, it's just, it's just that aspect of it. Like okay. if they played it in, if they, if he played all the tracks from Foxtrot in a different order, I'd be happy with, with that too. But I like that. All right. Now this is a 45 minute chunk where we're going to take you on a trip through this album. So it's that journey that I, that I like about it. it. I saw a local performer. It's a band called We May Be Right. They're a Billy Joel tribute band. They may be I crazy. Saw, so. <laughs> they were playing at this local bar and they were doing The Stranger start okay. to back. Sure. And it actually was, he kind of, he did, he went as, as far as to have a turntable on the side of the stage and he pantomimed, well, didn't, he actually had the album. He said, all right. You know, he walked over, he took the record out of the sleeve, he put it on the turntable, he put the needle down, and then he went back to his keyboard and the band started with side one. Okay. When, when they were done playing side one, he took a break, he went over, he flipped the vinyl. Okay. I know you're rolling. You're, you're, Mike's rolling his eyes for any of those who can't see it. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the stagecraft of it. The campiness was very cool and, and the people in the crowd appreciate it for a cover band tribute band type of thing i i'm okay with that like that's that's fine and everything but yeah i like i i appreciate what you're saying i could see your perspective that you know hearing the album with a bunch of people you know live in in that setting can be nice that's for me that's not a value add 
It doesn't, <laughs> you know, for me, it is more about the show experience. And so, so but I get what you're saying. I, I, and I get why it's important to people. And I also get that it's a marketing piece, that it, it is yeah. something that it works in that respect. And technically, he, he doesn't have to do it that way. He could say we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Foxtrot. Yeah, exactly. And you play all the songs from it. But like you said, maybe switch it up. Maybe one night you do it in a block. The next night you mix it up a little bit, open with Watcher and then go into a solo piece of his. And then obviously end with Supper's Ready and then the encore. And I can't imagine somebody seeing the promo for the tour and saying, what, he's not playing the full album in order? I am not going. Oh, there will be that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. There are Genesis fans. So there's always going to be some type of, you know, everybody has their own approach to this. But yeah, but I think it's I, I think it's great to, that he's doing these tours continually and everything. And so that's going well. I think is Mike is Mike still touring? He, there's a mechanics tour in England this year. So right. it's like the greatest hits or something. Yeah, which is most of what I think that they're talking about doing another album, but not, I don't think there's been any movement on that yet at this point. So they have they like I they put on a great show and they're a good band. And I think that yeah. you know this this new version of the mechanics that's now been around for 10 years or however kind of has built its its audience and you know, yes, they put out new music and new music nowadays is always a little bit, you know, difficult to kind of, you know, get out there in some ways, but they're, they're doing what they, what they can. And, and Mike's a good writer and I think it's a good outlet for him. So, so if you're in England or I don't know if there's shows in Germany this year, but if you can go see them, they're worth, they're worth seeing. I've enjoyed, especially in the later years, every mechanic show I've been to, they're a good time. And you realize yeah. like, oh, they have a lot of good songs in there. Yeah, I've, I've unfortunately been to the one, but it was the one you went to in uh, Asbury Park. Is that where it was? Well, you, you've been to two in Asbury Park and at the Nokia Theater in New York. Oh, wow. No I'm memory of that. <laughs> no memory of that. <laughs> no, I remember that was uh, that was back in the day the, they played at Nokia Theater. And then, yeah, the Asbury Park show, you and I were both at and everything. Well, that was the one they filmed for PBS Correct, or something. yes. Yeah. So. Um, which I still have not actually seen that I should find that, you know, and, uh, and watch it. So well, I'm going to go back and look for ticket stubs to yes. refresh my memory. Yes. Make sure <laughs> that those are out there. So, so those are our plans for this year. And so if you have if listeners, if you have any other ideas or things that we want to cover, you know, maybe we'll do another viewer mail episode or something. Those are, you know, always fun to pull together. And hopefully maybe even, get an interview or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We need to follow up on that. There's there's people out there I've been in contact with, both some big name fans and and some musicians that it's been like, oh yeah, we should follow up with this and do something. And it would just be, it'd be nice to dive back into interviews and everything, especially now that we're doing this. I mean, we're using Zencaster, but the shorthand is basically to say over Zoom, we're doing all this stuff. So yeah, it's you know. a lot easier. Yeah, we don't all have to be in the same room and everything. So we can talk to people in different countries pretty pretty easily now at this stage of things. And uh, sorry, just an addition, what of course we'll have uh, as shows later on are the IO album yes, review. of course, right. And the IO Tour show review. review. Yes, yeah. those will be good to talk about and everything. And so, Tom, I, I don't think I've even talked to you about this, but at some point... Some of these podcasts I listen to, I don't listen to a lot of music podcasts, but some of the movie ones that I listen to, like they've done after they after they watch like 20 or 30 movies, they and they've ranked them. They do kind of 
you know, an episode where they, they basically rank them or, to, or kind of have their own kind of favorites list and everything. And so that might be something that you and I could do then. We've actually covered all the Genesis studio albums is maybe have our, at least maybe a top 10, if not every one of the studio albums and kind of go through our own rationale for that. That could be a fun conversation there. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say we could rank our top 10 tabletop Genesis. This is at, well, that too, that'd be a whole other episode <laughs> to talk about. They're like our children. How can we pick one as a That's favorite? Right. Exactly. So they're like our children. Once we put them out into the world, we don't think about them anymore. So yeah, I'm well, there are a few that I would like to give up for adoption, but other of than course, that, right. We'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> so, but I think that's kind of it. You know, we've, um, we've just wanted to give our listeners kind of a little taste of things, let people know this Gabriel music is out there and that it's well worth listening to. Yeah. And so I think we're going to wrap up now. So this is Mike. And this is Tom. And we'll see you next time on Tabletop Genesis. 